Weekday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on this Monday afternoon. I'm Clarissa Montero. This is Money FM 89.3. I'm joined by JP Ong, but we are not joined by Ven Srinivasan. He's on leave until next year. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I should do that for 2020, actually, around this time. Hmm, interesting. But we wish him a very. I will you. <laughs> I guess, I guess, uh, I guess uh, Ven snuck out in the nick of time. Anyway, uh, no, nobody we wish says him a very no to restful ben. rest. Um, no, he's not going to be restful. He's playing golf. Well, isn't that restful? No, no. No? Okay. <laughs> not when you're playing golf with Ven. Okay. You know, he is a single handicapper. I heard. I heard. And I hear he's a, he talks a little bit of trash on the course. He talks a little from, bit of the, trash from, and he's quite the, the golf shark. Ah, I see. I see. So maybe it's restful for him, but it isn't so much for Well, maybe it's a good thing that we're not on the golf course with him. Absolutely. Maybe we won't miss him that much. All right. I said it. We won't miss him that much. (laughs) (laughs) She won't, but I will then. Please come back after the new year. (laughs) He probably will. In one piece. (laughs) The SDI is still above 3,200. Yes. Which is good news for us, I guess, but... Is that going to hold and is it going to rise? I think uh, what I find very interesting and surprising about today's session is we finally have strong words about this U.S.-China phase one deal. It's coming from uh, Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer, who says that it's totally done now. And they're just preparing an 86-page document outlining the steps of this phase one trade deal that he and Vice Premier Liu He are preparing to sign. But they're going to do it after January, the first week of January. I guess they both want to enjoy their holidays at the moment before they get back to business. But they say, hey, look, the text is there. We're ready to sign off on it. And it includes um, uh, provisions there to roll back some of the tariffs that they imposed on about $120 billion worth of Chinese goods. So not everything, but they're rolling back uh, parts of this. They've also agreed, uh, China's least agreed to more to double their uh, purchase of agricultural products, as mentioned, soybean and pork being chief among them, and also just w- start to work on the uh, terms of possibly doing more market reforms, opening up uh, some, some of these key sectors in China, also to foreign investment, trying to address internet, intellectual property laws. Now, he did say that um, they still haven't decided on when they want to start tackle trade phase two. I think they're just at the moment just uh, breathing a sigh of relief that they've come up with this text. But despite all of this clear news, Take a look at value turnover. Not a lot of people really get into the market today. We only have about 350 million Singapore dollars in total value turnover so far. And the Straits Times Index just up by about two and a half points. So there's not a lot of euphoria on the markets, perhaps a bit uh, exhausted. We did talk about possibly getting ahead of the news, right? Mm-hmm, Maybe this is mm-hmm. what some of the traders have already done. And they've said, you know, we're going to just bet that this is, going to, this is going to be a done deal. And now you're seeing just the dregs, the scraps of some of this coming up. Um, some of the uh, analysts that both Bloomberg and Reuters have spoken to in in their separate market wraps earlier this morning mentioned that, hey, you know what? We're also waiting to see what the text what the text actually yields for us before we actually get on the horse. So people want to see what this 86-page 86, 86 uh, document actually looks like. What are the terms? And they did say that there's going to be a rollback of these tariffs in phases. So what do you mean by phases? When and how? Um, I think this is what my, many markets also across the region are waiting on today. Um, there is one market that seems to be a lot more ha- a, a lot happier than everybody else, and that's Australia. The ASX 200 down under is up by 1.6% today, 110 points higher for the Aussie benchmark. They seem to be the most confident, the most... Uh, 
excited of them all. But the Nikkei 225, for one, is down by about 9.5 points. They've been swinging between gains and losses throughout most of the session. Markets in China, Shanghai and Shenzhen, relatively flat. Well, Shenzhen's up uh, by about 81 points. But generally, you're not seeing this uh, big rejoicing that we're seeing for the markets. And, uh, and the KOSPI also down by about 1.5 points. So you're seeing just a couple of people just saying, wait a minute, hold the phone. We want to see the text before anything else because we've... This could also just be them saying, look, we've been frustrated with all this hearsay and talk over the last Mm -hmm. 11 months. We Mm -hmm. want to see what the contract actually says. We want to see the contract signed. Yes, and we want to see the contract signed. And if we're going to have to wait until January, well, guess what? But guess what? We're going to fold our arms and just wait for the new year before we start to come back. Maybe that's what the sentiment is out of the markets, at least. Um, The Hang Seng today down by about 97 points. Of course, we did come off of another weekend with a fresh with bouts, I guess, or, or, or events. Of, uh, of uh, more civil unrest, vandalism, I believe, of some of the properties out in Hong Kong. And uh, it seems that the protesters are incensed that uh, Chief Executive Carrie Lam actually had meetings in Beijing with some of the top officials and seems to have stoked some of the uh, some, some, some tempers out there. And I think this is also why the Hang Seng is just pulling back a little bit. But at least on the trade front, we're getting some clarity, if not getting a glimpse into what exactly is behind those uh, behind that agreement, what's in the text. And I think this is why um, markets are cautious, but at least in the case of the Straits Times Index, it's cautious to the upside. We're up by now up by three and a half points. 3,217 is the level we're at. You know, the question also is that at this time of year, a lot of people take leave. They go on vacations mm-hmm. with their families. So maybe a lot of the investors and some of the traders are... That's also a big off on Christmas break. That's also a big. It uh, could be a big factor here. Maybe if people have already are, are just phoning it in. Perhaps they just called it a year already and mm-hmm. said, "You know what? This is we're just going to muddle around for a while." And yeah, perhaps there's not a lot of activity because of that. Also, people are just gearing up for the year end and maybe just conserving their bullets for the next year. Because yes, we will will be able to see what's behind this text. But the qu- next question is when? What's going to happen with phase two? What's going to happen with a potential? orderly or disorderly Brexit come January 31. Prime Minister Boris Johnson in the UK has come out and said, you know, this is going to be my top priority. In fact, I'd like to get us as parliament, the, I'm just par- uh, speaking in, on behalf of the prime minister, he said in, in those words, we want to try to get this done before Christmas. So, so there's a couple of things out there that could happen next year, not to mention just this economic downturn, the continued tensions, the U.S. elections at the end of next year. So I wouldn't be surprised if people are just waiting, mm-hmm. at least, and just saying, you know what, maybe, maybe we should take a look at what's going to happen over the next 12 months and not focus on over what's going to happen over the next, what, 12 days, I guess? 14, I guess. Days, of, 14 days of the year. So, so, yeah, I think that's, that's what's driving sentiment, at least. I know. I certainly would be thinking about spending on Christmas shopping rather than stocks right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's, that's just me. Yeah. And uh, here's something that's interesting I did want to bring up also. Um, it seems that uh, in terms of uh, hedge funds, at least, and this is an article that, I, that, that they found very interesting, there is one country in the world where the hedge funds are actually outperforming everybody else. And that happens to be... Singapore's mm-hmm. said hedge funds. In fact, the biggest hedge fund returns are happening out here in Singapore. This is an article actually from uh, Bloomberg News where they said where they noted that in tiny Singapore, the hedge fund managers here are outperforming. There's a very interesting anecdote here where they have a man named Chong Chinyai who starts his day jogging through the botanic gardens, takes his son to school, trades futures on his laptop at home, and and then he sometimes has a massage and perhaps a nap. And you would sounds like the perfect job. Yeah, and guess what? He he manages about two hundred twenty million U.S. dollars 
Unders Purview for mm-hmm. his small hedge fund. And guess what? His hedge fund was the best performing hedge fund in the entire world for 2019. He actually made about 300% gains. I think he's earned himself a, a couple more massages. Yeah, or, but you know, it would be very interesting if, is if this, has been, this, this has been his daily routine pretty much. And despite his uh, the seemingly lackadaisical approach that Mr. Chong has actually outperformed some of the big hedge fund titans out there, the likes of the Bridgewaters, the likes of the uh, Blackstones, for Come instance. Come on, Jay. Don't you want to sign up for a deal like that? Well, you know, it'd be very interesting to see what his uh, actual... um, uh, They didn't really go into details as to what his actual... uh, yes, investment strategy is. But they they have pointed out that of the 10 best-performing hedge funds in the world, two of them actually came out here, came from here in Singapore, according to Eureka Hedge. And uh, when you look at how big our uh, population is versus, say, the U.S., and also how big the hedge fund industry here is versus the rest of the the world. We only have about 47 billion US dollars in the hedge fund industry here. In, the, in North America, it's 1.6 trillion. Mm-hmm. So you could also say that Singaporean hedge funds are starting to punch above their weight also over yeah. the last couple of weeks. But uh, one thing they did point out also that Mr. Chong deals with a lot of volatility. Um, in 2017, he saw returns of 260 percent. In 2018, he saw 49% in losses. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get on, on, on his horse at least, be prepared for it to be a bit rocky, but it seems like he knows what he's doing because he has actually been, I mean, you talk about a plus 300% gain year to date for 2019. I mean, you can't scoff at that also, especially when you look at how he's performing versus some of these other great hedge fund titans out there. That's certainly something to look at for the new year mm-hmm. if if they've, you know, basically closed shop for the rest of the year. Right. Now, somebody who, or an entity that apparently is not resting on its laurels and going on vacation is DBS. Mm-hmm. Their coverage on Sun Power with a buy certainly means there are people in the office who are going to be working. There will be, and it seems that people are looking at, at some of the new green investments. We've been talking about... Uh, um, uh, this is a Chinese-based company, and they operate uh, uh, green investment plants that generate steam, heat, and electricity. And the new new business seg- other main business segment segment is in manufacturing and services. So DPS has taken a look at this Chinese group SunPower, and they've initiated coverage on them. They have a target price of about eighty-one Singapore cents uh, for this particular stock. Let me just take a look at how SunPower is trading in today's session. Take a look at that four point two percent up. So whenever DBS says something, usually markets t- tend to take notice. At least mm-hmm. the analysts at DBS, whenever they say something, markets t- take a pause and say, you know what, maybe this is worth browsing through for two minutes. Oh, we like this thing. And it seems that SunPower is, is, taking, is benefiting from that also. There's about $3.3 million in value turnover. So quite a bit of activity actually coming towards SunPower. They're trading at 61 and a half cents right now. And according to DBS analyst Ling Li Kang, he said that the growth and stability of these new green investments will be bolstered by the organic growth of its existing plants. And because of its large exposure to defensive industries, such as utilities, such as manufacturing, or such as um, and, and other, uh, other industries such as these in China, it seems that there's going to be, there, they also could benefit from supportive government regulations. And also this bigger boost in terms of environmental protection. So, again, renewable energy is a big thrust of many governments, including here in Singapore. And uh, based on DBS's assessment, SunPower uh, might actually have a natural monopoly in some of the areas that that their plants are located in because some competitors are prevented from building new plants near their existing plants because of direct competition. So so because of that, SunPower could actually benefit from some monopolistic power in these areas, which will be a plus to their bottom line down the road. So DBS, um, you know, whenever they... 
look at a company, it's always worth giving them a few minutes to uh, to make their case. And DBS is saying SunPower, 81 cents. All right. Well, let's see how many people bite. Apparently, mm-hmm. some already have. Some have already have. And oh. uh, it'll be a stock. Maybe it could also be a stock to watch for next year. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. Put it on your list, JP. There you are. It, it already is. <laughs> it already is. Yeah. Now, UOB, DBS, and Standard Chartered have come together to provide a huge, huge green loan. To you almost said that in, in, the, in, the, huge. In, in the tone of the American president, but uh, good addition. Anyway. This is huge, though. I mean, <laughs> $945 million Singapore dollars is yes. a lot of money. And that's why you need to combine forces for this. UOB, DBS, and Standard Chartered here have teamed up to provide this green loan to Allianz Real Estate and a private equity firm in Hong Kong, Gal Capital Partners. We've seen them actually uh, um, out here in Singaporean markets looking for property as well, Gal, before. So the syndicated loan is now going to help finance Allianz and Gal. So they have a joint acquisition of the Duo Tower and the Duo Galleria. Oh, uh, Galleria, and they're planning to spend about almost 1.6 billion Singapore dollars to do that. So this this loan is going to help finance this acquisition mm-hmm. that they're both going to do. So just to remind some of our listeners, Duo Tower is an office block that's about 570,000 square feet of grade A commercial space and the Duo Galleria, about 56,000 square feet of retail space and part of a mixed-use project out in the Rochor uh, precinct. And uh, both of them have held the Green Mark Platinum Certification, which was awarded by the Singapore Building and Construction Authority, since, and they've had that since 2013. So UOB, DBS, and Stanchart, oh, they were the green loan advisors, and it seems that they've said, yes, okay, if you're, this is where you guys want to take the direction, at least, of where your real estate portfolios are going, then this falls within the mandate of green loans. So mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be extending this to them also. And according to UOB's Global Head of Financial Institutions, they say the real estate sector has been leading the charge in demand for green financing and more property owners and financial sponsors are pulling sustainability standards. This, again, also perhaps in, in line with this growing push and this growing theme of uh, ESG and environmental standards uh, you know, and social responsibility really becoming a core tenet of many of these companies and, but to do that, to push for some of these, uh, the, some of this, you'll need to finance also some of the change. It's going to be a big uh, step, at least, towards supporting some of uh, the efforts that is of uh, Allianz uh, Real Estate and Gal Capital Partners. Okay, so from the trend that you've seen uh, in the last week, does it look like we're going to get a late uh, surge of interest on the market? Is it pretty much going to be sitting at? Thin trading ratios. I think. I think, given how little activity there is right now, and three hundred sixty-three and a half million only at mm-hmm. the point. Let's just say double that given, when we get to the end of the day. So that's not a lot. I wouldn't. I think. I think we're going to see stocks pretty much holding court. Maybe maybe gains of five points at the mm-hmm. most. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just just doesn't seem like there's a lot of interest to get in there and mix it up for traders, at least here in Singapore and even across the region. I have a feeling this could be it. Um, I do remember that the, there, there was a session a couple of weeks ago and we get we saw yet more developments on the trade front. And it took fo- uh, investors a, a day to digest things sure. before they actually moved forward. So um, Monday doesn't look it, but I will. Uh, I, I'm going to be waiting eagerly for how markets might perform on Tuesday. And right. see how they do. Perhaps it just you just really need a day to digest the to just wrap your head around some of the developments, and perhaps wait for more 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 details from either side. Now, China's uh, statistics bureau has mentioned okay, the partial rollback of tariffs is a good first step, but we've got to keep talking. 
So there is at least openness from Beijing's side to try and get some of these tariffs even lower. But to do that, there's going to be more negotiations, more horse trading between Lighthizer and and uh, and Liu He. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what um, we'll we'll see what happens and if that really yields anything moving forward. Well, that's something to watch for the rest of the day if you want to follow it. JP Ong will be back on um, prime time on Money FM eighty nine point three. This has been Workday Afternoons Market View. On Money FM 89.3 with JP Ong, I'm Clarissa Montero. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.